really? He's <laughs> already making me laugh. He's probably got a lot in his brain there. All right, here we go. <clears throat> hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean and Tad. Tad, the, the one and only producer who's dressed like an adult today. He looks great. Unlike you, Carlos, you're wearing a Mandalorian T-shirt, although I can't complain. I mean, I'm, what am I saying? I'm in a hoodie. <laughs> And a T-shirt, so that's t- your dress t- dress hoodie, though. It is, it is my dress hoodie. Tad's uh, the adult in the room, as usual. We can say that, I think. Look, man, it's rivalry week. We got uh, as big a Michigan-Michigan State football game as we've had. Mm-hmm. Well, at least since 1999, I think it was the last time the two teams met when they were undefeated. You have to go all the way back to what 1964 when they were both in the top ten, ranked in the top ten. 2010, I- they were undefeated, and 1964, they were both in not the top this 10. far into the season, though, right? In 2010. Uh, they were both undefeated. I'm not sure how so far for, into the season. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that you're it's really at, getting into the stats. No, here. no, it's it's never happened that they're both seven and zero. How about that? I'm almost positive. Probably. Yeah. I'm a, I know you don't really bother with the numbers, even though you're a baseball guy. It's kind of it's kind of odd. But uh, in any case, uh, I, we're not going to talk baseball this week. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, my Dodgers. Yeah. I'm still it's still yeah, painful. I know. Thank you, you. You can talk about your experience in L.A. in a sec uh, at a Dodgers game. I'm I, I'm sure that was awesome. Yes. At, uh, what is it? Shea, Shea, I want to. I want to say Shea Ravine, but that's a restaurant. It's um, Chavez Ravine. Chavez. I don't Ravine. know why they call it Chavez. It's everybody else says Chavez. If it's the name's a Chavez, but they French, call it Spanish. Chavez. You know, they're right next to each other. Nobody it's, knows. It's, it's, all it's in Chinatown. Who knows? They're separated by what? The Pyrenees, and but they're close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I think I think we're good there. No, we uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the L.A. trip. Carlos gets to return home. The Lions, the Rams, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff. Carlos's uh, adventures eating Wiener Schnitzel or a bullish hot dog or corn dog or all three of them out in L.A. with all that food. Although I can't say much because I took Carlos to a rather. Oh, oh we're going to hear about this. Yeah, this is going to be my favorite it was part. Not a, not, yeah, it was not good. We'll save uh, the food part and the, the deteriorate part of Carlos's return home for the last segment. Um, we'll get to the rivalry before that. But let's start out with uh, the game at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Where the plucky lines, as you like to say, <laughs> hung around. Dan Campbell didn't cry, wasn't too angry, but you know, right? He still showed plenty of emotion. Matthew Stafford looked fine, maybe better than fine at times. And the Lions uh, lost, maybe not a heartbreaker, but lost uh, another tough game. How about that? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I, it was an impressive loss. <laughs> it was. It was. You know, you talked about. You called yourself a loser, rightfully so, for talking about moral victories. But this was a moral victory, man. What I is mean, a moral victory? How about that? A moral victory is when you lose, but you do everything right, and you have to feel good about yourself, and you make progress. But what's moral about? It? I mean, maybe you're talking about morale in the sense, but I think that phrase. Yeah, maybe it is. Moral. I think that phrase causes issues with folks because you think moral. You're putting a, a judgment like. Right. You're putting a value judgment on winning and losing, and there shouldn't be, right? So, uh, but also, people, a lot of sports fans hear that phrase and they think you're making an excuse for losing, right? And I argued, and I argued in my column, I argued here to to you, to your, you know, beautiful, lovely face, that uh, that a moral victory actually gives context to the competition and uh, to the broader scope of what happened in the game. You're not necessarily making an excuse for losing, right? Yeah, it's not, and that's the thing. People people take it as an excuse for losing and and trying to put a happy face on it, and you know, getting a, a participation trophy and all this stuff. Um, but it, it it's, I mean, you know, I think the label's wrong. I don't think it's a good. I mean, you know, the the moral of the story is whatever, however you want to attach the definition to it. But but whatever you want to call it, they've had three of them. They've had you know the Ravens and the Vikings and the Rams where. 
they've played their hearts out. I don't know if they should have. I don't. I wouldn't say they should have won the Rams game, but that they were even in it. That they were holding the lead in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter. But they were still. They were beating the Rams, fifteen point favorites at home with first ballot Hall of Famer, according to probably you and Dave Burkett, uh Matthew Stafford. Uh, leading leading the Rams. So, you know, this was so impressive. I mean, we were there. Uh, when I wrote a column about it saying that Dan Campbell was wrong, they're not 0-7, your record is what your record, uh, you are what your record says you are, whatever. No, you're not. You're better than 0-7 because not all 0-7 teams are created equal. And a lot of people said, man, you were right. This is this is absolutely true. I was at the game, and fan, several fans who were at the game told me, you know, this did not feel like a loss, like we got handled. This was very encouraging even in a loss. So they're laying the groundwork, right? Yeah. We, can, we can say that a little bit. If, they, if, if the talent improves. Brad Holmes can do do that part of it. Dan Campbell's setting a culture here. God, it's so cliche to say, but he's setting a culture for maybe something a little bit better down the road. By the way, I'm going to do a little cross-promotion here because we can, and this is our podcast, and we can do what we want. But on the Soul of Detroit, which I recorded this week with uh, with Mike Elric, he likes to go by ML because he's pretentious that way. But the producer <laughs> – the producer. Um, I was going to come busting through this door, uh, and you guys are going to go gives with it to me rounds. when we're doing. But anyway, the producer of that show asked me to I get into the studio <laughs> to record, and he says, "Hey, this is Mark Fellhauer, who's producer of the show. He's also part of the the Drew and Mike podcast up there for the Red Shovel Network." And he says, "Hey, who is the real Carlos? I read that zero and seven garbage, but how they're not really zero and seven, and I can't I can't square that with this other guy that I've been reading the last few years. So, what's up with Carlos?" You're, you're confusing the crap out of people right now with this kind of stuff. You know, the, the whole thing of, like, negative Carlos or, or happy Carlos. Oh, or how about third-person Carlos right third now? Third-person. He's a wonderful man. Um, it, it's, it's really just a function of your own perception. It's not me. It's it's how do you see? It's like you know the what, different somebody, people. You, it's, an, it's somebody you need to have an exorcism because somebody stepped into your body and they're writing for you. Uh, maybe. What do you but, mean it's not no, you? No, I'm I'm the elephant, Sean. That everybody holds their they're blindfolded and they're touching a different part of the elephant. And one thinks it's a ta- holds a tail, one holds a trunk. They think they're different things. That's who I am, Sean. I'm I'm multifaceted. You're a Rorschach test. I'm complex. Yes, I'm a, I'm I'm a Rorschach test. It, it's just you. I read. I've written plenty of positive columns over the years, but people remember the negative ones. And then when I write a positive one, they're like, like "Well, where's the negative?" You know, it's, people gravitate toward the negative. I always said that. You drive on the freeway, you see a guy, you see a car on fire, and then a mile later, you see a guy helping another guy help change a tire. When you come home, what do you tell your wife? Oh, I saw a really nice Samaritan. No, well, no there was these, a car on fire. These days, you might actually say you actually saw another a human being helping now, another human being out. It's uh, it's kind of rough out there, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You heard that on the plane, by the way, yesterday. With our, you uh, told me we, about we, it. We flew, but you couldn't hear that guy? I couldn't hear it, no. We were flying back from uh, LAX. We were delayed, which is fine. You know what? We're we're all thrilled that we can sit in a chair seven miles oh, it was. Oh, no, 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 no. 600 no, 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 miles no, 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 an no, no. hour. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. It was fine because Sean ran off to the Delta Club to the— To get a Coke. Oh, to the uh, any minute And I brought coffee. you some pretzels. Yeah, you probably had some like you know uh, filet mignon and some oh, some uh, served turkey sandwiches. You know, and stuff. baked Alaska. You brought me a bag of steel your, pretzels. Your Come faux on. classism, you oh know, considering God. where you live, I don't want to give it away because <laughs> I don't want people you know with pitchforks at your door. But uh, no, that's uh, I don't even that's where, fine. where are we even going with this? Oh yeah, uh, guys that are loud talkers all the way across and complain about being delayed. Yeah, yeah. complain about too long a taxi. Right, complained that the, the people aren't there to meet the plane at the gate because we were delayed. I mean, just on and on and on and on, right? 
Yeah. Then takes his mask off and said, do I, you didn't see that either. No. He stood up and he said, I'm not wearing my mask. You're kidding. No, oh, he did. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, then, you know, he's a tractor salesman. And, and I'm not saying that facetiously. I, I could hear what he did, his whole life story. Was he right behind you? And then as we, he was right behind me as we took off, you know, and they throttle back. They pull back and open up the engine so it's, you know, you know what that noise is like. Yeah, yeah. He raised his voice, <laughs> like I'm doing to you now, to talk over the to talk over the engines. And let me guess, nobody was really trying to engage him. He was just shouting out into the Well, at, at the end, he stood up because he wanted to get his bag and stand up. He's like, I can only stand for sit for so long. I'm like, okay, well, there are 200 other people on the plane that feel the same. But uh, he apparently put his butt in... The, there was a woman next across the aisle. He turned around, and she wasn't too happy about having his butt right in her face. So she I can't said imagine something. Why. Yeah, she said, "Excuse me, sir. Do you mind getting your, you know, I don't remember what word she used, but your your butt out of my face." And he turned around, whatever, didn't say much, and then she mumbled under her breath, "White privilege." She was black. He was white. So I was sitting there thinking, okay, is that? And I'm not really one to judge, right? Yeah. Maybe it's not up to me to say what white privilege is. Yeah, I don't don't think it had to do with race. Unless he was saying something specifically about, you know. No, he wasn't. But just his lack of self-awareness. and He acted like he owned the plane. So I think that was probably her point. Yeah. Like, and he was entitled to do what he wanted to do, that he was somehow better than the other 200 people. In any case, there, there's a, a fair amount of that kind of stuff out there. Not the whatever. I'm not going to get down the rabbit hole of white privilege, but the idea of people not giving another people a break. So if you're driving down the highway and you see somebody fixing a tire. And a burning car. I, I'd still, <laughs> I'm like, I'd be more shocked at the, at the help <laughs> these days. And no, it would it would be nice to see. It'd warm your heart, right, Carlos? Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you this. On a plane, what's the worst person? Who would you – what's the worst situation, the rest, worst passenger seatmate to sit next to? Somebody who's really loud and obnoxious, someone who smells really bad, or someone who's really, really large and is encroaching on your space all the time? I guess it depends on your, your mood. Like if you're really tired, for me, it's the size because then you can't get comfortable. And when you're – you're, you're tired and you haven't slept and you can't get comfortable. It's it's a form of sort of mild torture, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> with the nose, you can – if you have a mask on these days, it's help. Actually, helps. I was I was on a plane with – not that long ago with somebody who had a really pungent, you know, aroma. And I, I, I had an aisle seat and I just turned my head away. It's no big, and I'm sure I stink sometimes. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just how it goes. The loud and obnoxious these days, again, you can put your headphones in. Yeah. Put your earbuds in. I will say so. The size, probably the size. The size. I've I've had all three, and one couple a few years ago sat in front of me, and I don't know what was going on, but they smelled like a garbage dumpster, and it was excruciating to sit there, and there's no way you can do anything about it. It was like really. What about bare feet? What about the bros you see walking through the airport in their oh, flip flops? This is Dave Briquette's circle of hell. The bare feet. He cannot stand. I saw. With bare feet. I saw a dude that looked like a stockbroker, you know, with the flip flops. And I don't care if it doesn't smell. What do I care if you're not wearing your but, shoes? But people that put their feet up, you know, you've seen that before with their gnarly yeah, yeah. ass. Uh, yeah, that's gross. Yeah, toes. Just, if I don't see stuff. it, it doesn't exist to me, and I don't smell it. It's fine. People treat planes sometimes as their personal, you know. Yeah. It's, I want to say living rooms, but no, bedrooms. Or sometimes even bathrooms. Bathrooms. They yeah. give themselves a manicure or whatever, <laughs> scaling off the dead skin. <laughs> give, give themselves a pedicure. 
No. What are we talking about? <laughs> well, we were well, talking about the kind of, you know, rubbernecking, right? That's what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you, and your point that uh, that you've always been the same. Is yeah, just I've always the, been the same. Which I don't buy at all. <laughs> I think you were trying to find your way, and now you've just stumbled back into your own real self, which is oh, awesome. okay. Thank you. I've, yeah. I've, I've transformed myself back into... Yeah, the proper car that you not the pro- of. not the proper. Just you know, you're you're accepting that uh, it's okay to say, hey, you know what? They played their butts off, and well, I think and part that of says it something. Well, part of it right now is that the Lions are struggling, right? They're rebuilding. I mean, once there's hope, it'll be different. I'll be tougher on them, you know. I mean, when the ta- when the talent gets a little bit better, yeah, when the talent gets better, when there's expectation, there haven't been expectations here. I mean, the, the Tigers. I, we're not going to talk baseball with the Tigers next year. I think they have to make a run. At the playoffs, they have to be damn close. They have to be in that conversation, or else it's a it's a disappointment from all the work they've done this year. So well, that's, the, it yeah, raises the bar. Perspective is everything for sure. Sure, right. And right now, there's a grace period, and I think people are enjoying Dan Campbell. I do hear from some readers that, that think he's in over his head. I don't. I don't buy that. I think. I think that's because there's a perception among some fans out there that you have to carry yourself a certain way if you're an NFL head coach. Fans are a very never serious. Happy. A very serious, buttoned up. Yeah. Way right, but Campbell Campbell's out there. He 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 doesn't hide who he is in a way, and uh, a lot of people find that endearing. I think it's I think it's great. The team obviously loves playing for him. Yeah, he does. I I will say when you see him on the on the sidelines, he has this this walk, this kind of like little swaggery walk. Yeah, he walks like a professional football player. Yeah, he walks like a which player, he and he walks to me to me when I see him walk, I think of him as an assistant coach, like a like a position coach. Uh, head coach it doesn't walk up. Head coaches tend to be a little bit more, you know, um, um, they're either like statues like Caldwell was or they're, they're, they can be emphatic and, and calling out like they're traffic controllers on the headset. They, they seem more focused on the game. Campbell like kind of paces, you know, around a little bit. He has this kind of a slow swagger pace. Yeah, like so, a big cat. Like a big cat, yeah. So he's he's unique that way. I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of coaches like him who do that. He puts his hands on his hips. and um, But, you know, fans are just never happy with their coach. They always want the other something. Whatever their coach isn't, that's what they want. You know, Schwartz, psycho, calm down. Down, stop throwing the headsets, you know, Caldwell, stop being a statue, be animated, you know, Patricia, you know, whatever. I don't stop know. Stop being a, well, the word, stop we being, can't, we can't right. use the word here. In right. The, uh, they were body podcast. shaming him. It's just, it's just, you know, and another word too. And, but once Campbell, I, I, there has to be a small minority of people who aren't happy with Dan Campbell. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I've heard from some of them, right? They think he's in over his head. Why? How? How could they be? How could oh, and they? seven, Carlos, which you think is really look seven at, and zero, oh, which you wrote. Look at this, no, no, Mr. Moral Victor. <laughs> I mean, these Jurgoff's throwing to Khalif Raymond. How, how Who actually you? is not a bad looking player right now, and, and could be no. a, if he's the number three guy in a couple of years. That's that's not bad, right? Yeah, this guy could make some plays. Yeah, if he was three feet taller, he'd be in the Pro Bowl. I mean, You're right. He is. You know? He is a little. He is a little small, but still, it didn't it hadn't kept him from getting better most weeks and making some plays and absolutely giving uh, Goff a pretty good target. Hey. Speaking of talk, trash talk, not that we were talking about trash talk. I'm just making that up. But <laughs> how about Panay Sewell, the number seven pick, getting into the face of Aaron Donald, the, the best defensive uh, lineman certainly in the NFL, maybe the best defensive player in the defensive NFL. Defensive player in the NFL. Did for not sure. at all back down from him. Showed tremendous balance, lateral quickness, and battling him. You know, I mean, yeah. really showed the flashes of why – he has a chance to be pretty special. Was he singled on him much, or did he? I mean, they probably team blocked him. Yeah, more. they did. But but yeah, he he yeah. was. Donald didn't have even a tackle in the first half. No, I, I mean it wasn't was. until the, the interception late in the game that he really kind of made an impact. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, they, you know, he was the key to that whole Rams defense, which which has not looked the same after Brandon Staley left to no, the Chargers, but, I, but but still, he's a force, and they did, they did what they needed to do. They did, and I bring up Sewell, Carlos, because he's kind of an example of what Holmes and Campbell, the kind of guys that they're looking for, and, and right? Yeah. And if they can build like that and yeah. find a few more of these guys, then all of a sudden, you know. He's had, I mean, Sewell's had some rough moments. Sure but, he is. He's a rookie. But he's a rookie, and that's exactly what he should be doing, you know. And, and uh, you know, if you progress, the, the question is how how does he progress from year one to year two to year three, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely shown promise. I mean, that's great. And he's had to play left tackle. Even though he was more comfortable there, that's a tougher assignment in the NFL. So we'll see what happens when Decker comes back, Taylor Decker. He's supposed to swing back to the right side, which will be interesting because now he's kind of gotten settled in in the left. And it's like, all right, go back to the right where you kind of weren't comfortable to begin with. So um, so we'll, we'll see how that progresses. But but nice start for him. Let's just say that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know, 0-7, 7-0, whatever it means, you can get into all the symbolism and so forth. You like that kind of thing, right? You're kind of a cultist that way. Numbers are. <laughs> are you a witch, by the way? <laughs> You're into Wiccan culture. Uh yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Carl Sagan. Uh, That's what this uh, is really about. Yeah, right? yeah. Follower. It's, and, it's all about the numbers. What I think we can say uh, safely is that you know, and this again is a cliche, but they're they are. This does not feel like it did when they went zero sixteen under Matt Millen at all. It feels completely different. That was a that was a plane crash. I mean, that was they were going into the mountain, and they there. weren't in games in the way they weren't they in were. the games. They fired Millen. They you know they they traded John Kitten. It was just a disaster. I mean, it was nothing good. Nobody saw zero sixteen necessarily, but it was like nothing's good is going to come from this, and this is just a teardown. And Matt Millen, to his credit, I don't know how true this is, but he did say. Years later, you know, revisiting on the whatever anniversary, saying he said he, he told William Clay Ford, "If you're going to fire me, fire me, but just wait till after the season because if you fire me during the season, then it's just going to go to hell." And he was right. Um, you know, so I, I don't like in-season firings. The only time I think you have to have an in-season firing is when there's really, really some real some bad toxicity that has to be stopped right away. And there's the John Gruden type thing. There's none know? of that right here, right? No. And if you look around the league at the, at the other teams that have, well, the Lions are the only winless team, but there are a couple other teams out there with one win, the Jets and the Jaguars among them. And those teams and franchises look a lot more dysfunctional. Right. They're not nearly as competitive as these lines are. So it, it, it looks like there's a, a plan, and I don't know if there's a path yet, but it, it, it looks like there could be. So that was kind of my takeaway. Um, I assume that was yours more or less, or were you too busy watching The Mandalorian <laughs> on your uh, phone and not watching the game at all? I was I was too busy watching the 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 snack line, the snack food line at the amazing Rams press box oh, uh, food. Yeah, nobody cares about whether we're going to get fed or not. I know, but it was. I did, but it was uh, it was pressing. That's that's L.A. for you. We'll, we'll we'll get back to L.A. in the last segment here, but we're gonna we're gonna get to this game, man. This big big game, big rivalry game. But uh, let's take a break first. Hello. I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slarry and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. 
and once in a while they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game on the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, sometimes I'm in this studio and Tad gets to moving and maneuvering this equipment in here. I feel like I'm in an ophthalmologist's office, first of all, with these windscreens and with these microphones. He's kind of poking. He's not, he's not prodding just yet, but, I mean, we could be in for something. I mean, this doesn't look that different from certain kinds of equipment you've seen, right? It's just it's, it's just the the small – adjustments of a maestro you know the little the little nuance you know but we don't see sean we're 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 dumb clumsy just you know typing monkeys you know i mean tad is he's doing uh, it again right now he's I, doing he it is. All he's adjusting it because he didn't like the sound yeah it. there's yeah. let's just say this there's no way to make me sound good certainly not smart and you're right no I no, no you you i'm clumsy i look good it's different but sound good you you have a great voice no but I, but I, what's coming out of it nothing nothing but it sounds good babble you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, you know, I certainly can't write. I can't even type. How could I write? <laughs> no, let's uh, – enough about that. Let's get to Michigan, Michigan State, man. I mean, we got uh, – Huge. We, we we said at the top of the podcast here, first time uh, since 19 <laughs> – let's just, let's just say this. It's the first time since 1964 they've both been ranked in the top ten. Yeah, right. We can go back further. I, I want to say it's the first time since 1999 they were this far into this – that they were – I don't know. They weren't seven and zero, but that they were undefeated this far into the season, All right? Well, I mean, they usually play they, late, though. So yeah, they used so to play. Two thousand ten. Yeah, they used to play a little bit earlier, but uh, it's a big deal. I don't think we know just yet how good either one of these teams are. But so what? This is fun, man. Why don't we know how good they are? This is this is seven games. I mean, how? What are we waiting for? Well, you don't watch college football. Come on. Well, I mean, you expect them to be like Alabama and you know Bear Bryant's Alabama teams or something, or you know, or Nick Saban's Alabama teams. No, we don't. I don't think we they're expect that. We, 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 they, no, they're they both, run the ball well. They're both good. They're both solid. We just don't know how good. In a way, it's hard to say the Big Ten's down. I don't know. But I mean, maybe true. maybe it doesn't matter. I know Michigan's favored by a few points. If you if you're into that kind of thing, four. You are a big gambler, aren't you? By the way, oh, huge, huge gambler. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the house. I'm in the kids' college funds. Yeah. It's all, it's that, all going in, Sean. Th- that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Did you invest in the Star Wars series? <laughs> I wish. You have any Lucas no. stock? No, no Disney's. I should have gotten some Disney stock. A friend of mine got some Apple stock early, right when they hired Steve Jobs back. I should have done that. Okay, but no, right. I'm not a gambler on in the stock market or otherwise. So, all right, well, I don't pre- get sports gambling. Well, okay, well. I don't either. I mean, I do. I understand. Hey, if you want – whatever makes you happy, right? Yeah. I mean, within reason, you got a little libertarian streak in you. I don't – I just don't get it. I don't get gambling. I mean, I've been to casinos and all this other stuff, but I just don't get the thrill That's of like it. That's like you're getting, not getting the taste of a short rib, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We're coming back to the yeah, short rib yeah. tacos. Yes. Oh, no, it was short rib hash. But anyway, no, let's, let's focus, man. Without pretending we're pro football <laughs> focus or any kind of level of that. Uh, and, yeah. and, and analysis. Let's let's talk about this game for a second. What what do you expect? I expect a close game. I hope. I hope it's a. I hope it's a good back and forth game. Um, 
you know, people were, I mean, you wrote about it. They were, you know, the, the, the Michigan fans were, were gnashing their teeth at halftime. It was a small win or small lead over Northwestern. It ended up, you know, comfortable victory, but um, they didn't make it. It didn't look easy at the first half. So, but I hope that these two teams, you know, they've both had excellent seasons. I mean, let, let's face it. This is going to be for bragging rights. They both are going to have excellent seasons. I mean, they both have, have exceeded expectations in different for different reasons. But I think it's been a fantastic season for both teams. One of them is going to get bragging rights, but it should be a hell of a game. I mean, I, I, it'll just be amazing. You're going to be there, right? So are how excited are you to be in East Lansing? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because I really have no – I mean, I've – Feel like Michigan's going to win mm-hmm. a close game. I mean, but I really don't know, right? You just it, it's a most years you have some idea, unless and then you know maybe you have a big upset or whatever. But uh, I just don't know. And for the folks that think they're similar teams, maybe they are in some ways that they're undefeated and they both run the ball, but they run the ball very differently. Michigan State relies on big runs, more explosive plays. Michigan has that capability with uh, with Blake Corum, who's a uh, sort of the make you miss a running back, and then if Hassan Hoskins, Haskins, excuse me, who can run over people, he's also got really good vision himself. But there, I feel like Michigan's offense is more consistent. Michigan State's more big play, especially with the passing game. Defensively, they're both solid. I think Michigan might be a little bit better. Again, more explosive playmaking defensively, but their strengths are different in terms of the parts of the defense. So they're not mirror – they don't mirror each other in a way, but the way they've been winning, maybe we could say, is is somewhat similar, right? They kind of – they've gro- they both ground out some games. If it if it comes down to, you know, if each team does what, what they want to do to the other team, and specifically if, if Michigan State is able to force Michigan to throw the ball, does that help? I mean, because that is a weakness for them, right? You know, well, downfield, down, yes, downfield throwing in particular. I mean, Michigan's got a, a, a pretty talented young quarterback in JJ McCarthy who can't can even the say ball. his name because that'll just trigger yeah, all know, the Michigan fans. And he, and he makes an appearance every game, and who knows? Maybe maybe Harbaugh and company have been saving something up for for this game. But you, but you're right about the bragging rights, and you're also right about them exceeding expectations. But now that we're here, this this matters a lot. I mean, maybe neither one of these teams is going to beat Ohio State. Probably not, right? They're probably well, gonna get, they're probably going to get wiped. But what they are playing for is is potentially a Rose Bowl, sure, a New Year's Day six game for sure, yeah. right? Yeah, the winner sure. is the loser. Oh, sure. The loser might end up in Florida, which is going to be a good consolation prize in a way. But still, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot at stake here. Who do you think has more at stake? Which coach do you think? Michigan, Harbaugh. Michigan, Harbaugh. Tucker's playing with uh, house, house money. money. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's like moral victory, right? But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean he's in his second year. He beat Michigan last year. But to be at to be at home and to lose to Michigan, just no, it won't be fun. It won't be fun. It'll just it'll hurt his negotiating power with Louisiana State so much. Well, yeah, right. It won't be fun at all, especially if Michigan kind of runs the table until they get to Ohio State, and then somehow, what what if they were to shock Ohio State? I'm not saying that'll happen at all, but but I feel like uh, I feel like Harbaugh has a. I don't look. If he loses this game and they lose to Ohio State, they beat Penn State, which is they're not as good as they've been. You know, they've had they lost their quarterback. They've got him back and Sean Clifford. But again, they lost to Illinois in what nine overtimes or whatever on Saturday. So ten and two is really realistic for Michigan. And if those losses to Ohio State, Michigan State is Harbaugh in trouble. No, the fans will be irritated, yeah. and especially fans that live here. Michigan fans are not very many. Of most of them are in California and Texas. We saw them. All over L.A., you see the block in wherever you go. Yeah. 
But uh, but isn't this another? I mean, if he loses to Michigan State and he loses to Ohio State and he doesn't win a division t- or a Big Ten championship, you know, this is what just one more. I mean, as great as the start has been, won't his critics, you know, throw that back in his sure face will, after the it, season? But, uh, like, still no Big Ten, still the, no. Sure, but the donors, the the president, the athletic director, Ward Mano, are they gonna are they gonna get rid of him? No, 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 not get rid of him, no. No, I mean, that's why I hear hear people saying, well, he has to win this game. Well, no, he doesn't. I mean, He doesn't have to. Yeah, when you say it's a must win, that's, again, that's right up there with house money and and moral (laughs) victory, right? Must win. Must win game, yeah. Well, must win matters if it's an elimination tournament. Right. You know. Right. Well. You must win, or in the playoffs, if you're in the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, well, yeah, you, you must win. If you want to play the following week. Yeah, well, in the NFL, right, man, Patricia faced some of these must-win games, you know, to keep your job. So yeah, he maybe, still got fired. Yeah, maybe so, maybe there occasionally, but I don't think this is a must-win. No, no, no. I mean, maybe no. in the sense that he wants to change his percep- change the perception of him, that he really is getting this back to where, uh, you know, Michigan fans – Want it. I'm 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 excited for the game, but I'm excited for the aftermath to just to see how it how it colors each coach's sort of like you know legacy, or whatever what what they say about Harbaugh with a winner loss, what they say about Tucker with a winner loss. So it'd just be interesting, you know. Just the do. What do you think about this noon kick? There've been a lot of fans that have been irritated. It's a noon kick. They feel like it deserves a prime time, a, a prime time, or at the very least a three thirty or four o'clock start. Um, well, since I'm not ESPN game days up there, Fox has got their college yeah. uh, on the road, road show up there i think it's the first time both have been in the same the same field town, same town. yeah, I'm yeah. Not, i mean that could be wrong about that but it doesn't happen very often no um you know to me college football is an afternoon game i i like seeing it in the afternoon um i get the prime time thing and i actually would like it or prime time because i'm not covering the game i'd like to have you poor sports writers be tortured on deadline and having to like file but we get more stuff in the free press on sunday how about that <clears throat> well i think the, yeah that's one way to look at it it's all about the free press one way to look at it though is the the noon the noon game for me um and for, forget the deadlines and all that i'm talking about for uh, the experience up there with the fans and the drinking it's not nearly as crazy now oh, if it's right. now if it's a noon kick and state wins then that gives them the whole rest of the night to go crazy, right? So you can burn burn three or four more couches yeah, easily. Can, but, but the uh, the 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 nighttime kick, seven eight o'clock kick, that does does give you all day long to tailgate. And yeah, have you been on campuses before night games before? I mean, watching I've, people stumbling around at four. Four thirty-five o'clock when you're walking into the press box. No, I have not been for not for college football, but I've been to NFL games and um, yeah, they're a little they're a little bit more exuberant, shall we say? I guess for for a later kickoff. So um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, just as a yeah, as a fan who's not going to the game or a person who's not going to the game, you know, I just I just like it early. I just you know, let's watch it. Let's have fun. Let's get out of the way. Move on. Yeah, I think we're a little bit too sensitive in this state with our college football teams, and we're you know taking it as some kind of a slight. I'm trying to remember what the game was that was selected. Maybe it was Ohio State and so I, I Ohio State and somebody. Huh. I can't remember. You know because the, the networks get to choose right who's right. going to be where. Right. That is odd if they didn't choose. Yeah. It for I mean, time. it's funny because as much hype as we're feeling right now, and it does feel like a big game, it still feels slightly muted, and I think it's because. Both fan bases don't think that they've got juggernauts on there. I mean, right. this isn't quite, you know, whoever wins this is going to have an inside track to the college football playoff. Right. Because Ohio State's still out there, right? Yeah. 
And and these fan bases don't think they're going to go beat. Well, Alabama's a little bit down this year, but Georgia, for for example. Yeah, I, I don't. I think that the feeling is that, that these teams have overachieved, that they've exceeded expectations. They've had really great seasons, but they're not power, you know, juggernauts that were. They weren't even ranked in the preseason, right? No, yeah, so no. they came out of nowhere, but they're not expected like, oh, these, these this is a national championship caliber team. Um, so you know, credit to them, but yeah, that's why that's why. And I think I think also probably nationally, there's a little something to that. Also, that it's an in-state game. So you're talking about television markets; it's the same market for both audiences. So as I don't know who Ohio State's playing, but if they're Ohio State's playing some other school with a bigger, you know audience whatever you could or national following a Penn State or something you know you can you can have a bigger audience it's all about audiences, yeah you just, right? I just don't feel like I, there's more right now there's more national coverage of Dan Campbell <laughs> I was I read a, a it was a story in the ringer actually about how he's got this you know don't be fooled by the 0 and 7 I thought well maybe they just read your column and <laughs> interrupted off no but it's just interesting that you're we're seeing a little bit of national coverage about this particular alliance team and where they're at and that they're interesting Michigan Michigan State are too and obviously for us here I mean, it hadn't happened in forever, and it's really, really fun. Yeah. It's enjoyable. It's great for us, too, as sports writers. I mean, it's fabulous when you go yeah. and do an event like this where there's all this interest. I mean, oh, yeah. nothing better than that. And especially when you think that, you know, we've been – it's just been rebuild city and rebuild state for so long. You know, other than the ba- college basketball teams, you know, it's been – the football teams have been kind of down, and, and all the pro teams have been down. So to have this, you know, moment of excitement, this one flashpoint, you know, is really nice. That it is. We get to all watch this, and, and it'll it'll be fun. You're right. It would be fun at night. Maybe you could have more – you could have friends over and watch the game um, at your house, kind of a little party. Um, if you had friends. I mean, I don't. I'd have to go make some friends too, yeah. I don't yeah. really have any friends. I mean, maybe Tag could be a friend. <laughs> what do you – okay – you just spent the whole trip in Los Angeles seeing friend after friend after – you were a maniac out there. I mean, I grew up in L.A. I think you know more people in L.A. than I do. No, not not really. I mean, I, yeah. I, I met moly. I met a couple of people for dinner oh, and, um, and then had a morning <laughs> coffee. That was about it. No, you, God, you crashed somebody's by, party. I'm feeling it, by the way. All of a sudden – you crashed somebody's party. Why don't you just party? go ahead and talk the rest of the way? It would no. make for a better podcast anyway. No, no, no. Did I, you sleep, by the way, last night? I mean, oh, like a baby. we were delayed. We got in at midnight. I was still feeling uh, California time. I didn't fall asleep till 3. My one great talent is sleeping, Sean. Really? I fell asleep for an hour on the plane. You don't have a worry in the world, do you? I'm just a lazy person by nature. No, it's not so lazy. I just, I when just you don't, fall asleep. No, when I'm you lazy. When you don't have empathy, you really don't worry about other people. <laughs> so it allows you to. Uh, yeah, there was <laughs> someone shouting up front. and I didn't care. <laughs> it allows you. It allows you to sleep. Let me ask you something. I, I, because I didn't know that this was going on. If you told me that, there was a seat in, in the aisle next to me. The guy was sitting by himself in the, against the window. So would it have been okay etiquette? Would you have come over and sat on the aisle? Because there still would have been an open space between you and the other guy. Would you have done that to get away from the loud mouth? No, I just put my uh, headphones in and watched all the president's men. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. It was on the movie thing. Yeah. You're kidding. Uh-uh. That's one of those movies that it's if it's ever on, I get sucked right yeah, in. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've actually watched it on a plane before. I'm ashamed to admit. You know, I'm kind of. A, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the idea that. I mean, there are lots of stuff. There's lots of things that I like about it. Um, although it is sort of stunning to look and see a newsroom where everybody's a white man. 
basically. Almost every There's character a few women. in that movie. Yeah. There, there are a couple of women, and that's about it. So There's a couple I, of women, and they're and they're treated as though they're not as tough yeah, and good exactly. as no, the men. And, and, that, and that doesn't hold up. And that's But, I mean, it's reflective of how it was. Yeah. But it's sort of startling. And then Dustin Hoffman smoking in an elevator, right? And Robert Redford says to him, is there anywhere Bob you don't Woodward, smoke? Right. Is there anywhere you don't smoke? Yeah. So, and that it used to be that way. Absolutely. I Ab- mean, well, you and I would be sitting here smoking in this closet <laughs> forty years ago, right? Tad probably would, would have no, been smoky too. He's well, not old enough. Yeah, he would have been. He would have had his bong over there or something. <laughs> you know. The great thing about that movie that I remember, I think I watched a documentary about it a couple of years ago. Robert Redford had something to do with it, and. And he was saying how uh, the director of photography, Gordon Willis, was his nickname was the Prince of Darkness because he always shot everything in the dark, really dark. Yeah, it is a lot of shadows. But the thing in that movie that I hadn't really picked up on is every time they don't know something, they're in the dark. Some it's always said in the dark, and when something is illuminated, with literal, it's there. When they're in the newsroom, it's bright. When they're finding information, there's light. And if they're anytime, so anytime they find things, there's it's a well lit shot. Anytime they're confused or don't know what's going on, it's always in the dark. So that's a that's a that's an interesting observation. Another thing I loved about it, and not that we want to pick it apart, but but I think this is broader uh, relevance in some ways is how quiet it can be, and the moments where they'll just let the camera sit on a, on either one of the main characters driving or just sitting there for a second, and they're contemplating and. Right. We we don't have a lot of that. I, I like stillness and quiet sometimes in art or in writing or in movie making and yeah. all right, because we're so conditioned these days to just hear go, 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 which is you know, you don't feel, which is I guess why you can sleep. But I have trouble <laughs> I have trouble no, but in all seriousness, I, I love this stillness. Yeah. And just just let something breathe for a second. Moments of quiet. And and in that movie, I mean, and it was true this way back in those days when there were typewriters and stuff and, and, you know, real phones that people used. It was a louder newspaper office. But for a long time with computers, it's the newspaper offices have been quiet for a long time. And I mean, anybody, I think people always have this romantic notion of all this chaos going on around and get me rewrite and all this stuff. And it's like an insurance office. I mean, and, and I remember reading this in sports illustrated when they, they had fans um, tag along to different jobs at a sports event and one person, and they wrote little like, you know, experience things, you know, short, short little essays. And one guy was, a, he was a sports writer, wanted to see what it was like to be a sports writer. It was like a kid, you know, in high school or whatever. And he was so disappointed. And he said, Everybody's just complaining about their jobs. They're not talking about how excited they are to watch the game, and and it's true. People are just are talking shop. They're just they're quiet for the most part in the press box. In fact, they're supposed to be quiet. Yeah, um, there's no cheering in the press box. No cheering. No. Which pounding, has been tough no, for you because you cheer for teams to lose. I, you know, I get more exuberant over the years when there's a. I mean, the trick plays, the fake punts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved no, it. With the oh, lines, my no, God. I was no. clapping. It was just – I did not clap for anybody. There was a guy a couple of years ago from an opposing team that was catching kickoffs like eight yards deep and running them out. And I was like, this is just awesome. You don't see it. Well, I don't know how much trickeration we're going to get this week from Michigan, Michigan State. Maybe we will a little bit. You know, they assume that the coaches have been sitting on a couple things. But I expect uh, – who knows? I, I, you kind of want to say it's going to be late teens, low 20s. For each team and, and probably a yeah. close game, but on the other hand, state has big playability and maybe and um, maybe Michigan runs the ball better than we think. I don't know, and it could be uh, a little bit higher scoring. But all I know is it it should be it should be fun. The region and state deserves the state deserves this, right? Yeah, 
Let I me ask you. I shouldn't say region. Screw Ohio and Indiana. <laughs> Reach the Great Lakes region. Yeah, yeah, no. I, what I meant to say was the metropolitan area, but I should extend that out into the state, except for the people yep. that root for the Packers up in the UP. They don't count. And the Cubs over on the west side. Yeah. No. yeah but that's over by Grand Rapids. I mean, come on. And let me ask you, is there, you think, is there going to be any kind of like this uh, drama, the whole like, remember a few years ago where. Yeah, we have had some of that. Yeah. yeah. The clock, Spartan, Spartan the, Bob. Well, not that, clock. but even the pregame thing where they were having the line oh, that they where, walked through. Oh, uh, Devin and, Bush. Uh, that was up at Spartan Stadium, right? Yeah. Devin Bush, who plays, I think he still plays for the Steelers, a good player, mm-hmm. did kind of a dug his foot and kicked it almost like a horse. Yeah. But there was a line that, Shoving, they, that, know, that is at Michigan State runs. They, they all hold arms and they cross they the field. They did that happen too. But the yep, Michigan yep. players are still on there. Yeah, no, that's all good stuff. That's yeah. all that's all. You like that? Stuff. Isn't that I, the I best? Love, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. That's what's sure. different about college. That, no, the, for the sure. pettiness. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Harbaugh and Tucker sort of are saying all the right things about each other. and Yeah. Harbaugh knows Tucker because Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh knows Mel Tucker because of Tom Crean, who was an Indiana basketball coach. Who married, was to his, married to his, his sister. sister, I believe. And somehow Tucker was a neighbor of Tom Crean's. <laughs> I want to say down in Georgia, maybe. You're going to turn this into basketball, aren't you? But there's a connection there. So, you know, they've both been done. Look, so far, there's been no fodder, no bullet and material, none of that kind of stuff. Right. I, I used to love the way that Harbaugh and D'Antoni, when they would sit next to each other at some weird event or something, they would always refer to each other as coach, you know. Well, coach makes a good point, and it was like, it was like this kind of through gritted teeth, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right, right. No, but it's a sign of, right, it's what, it's what you say. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh, calling an owner Mr. or Mrs., which I've never liked. Now, let me ask you this. Yeah, that's terrible. It's um, awful. It reeks of feudalism. I can't stand <laughs> it. Yes. Let me ask you this. And, and you had a, you, I, I loved your point in the column you wrote. Um, Wait, you read a column I wrote? I read I, 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 you forced I yourself fought to, through it, Sean. You I forced yourself. It, yes. Um, what did you have your wife read out loud and you just shook your head the I whole just time? had Siri read it to yeah. me. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it said, you said you were paraphrasing um, Lloyd Carr, I believe. Gary Moeller. Gary Moeller, I'm sorry. Right? And what did Gary Moeller say about the Michigan, playing Ohio State and Michigan State? That more or less, that it, it's more fun and more enjoyable to beat. Ohio State, but a lot more painful to lose to Michigan State. Yes, among among yeah. those, yeah, right, yeah, and and he went on to say too that he said, hey, our alums don't want to hear this, right, right, because you don't want to acknowledge that about the school you look down on. But but the, uh, but, but I've always thought this that like okay, the tradition of Michigan Ohio State, great, 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 but they don't live next door no, to you. Absolutely, I not. mean, we have Jim Schaefer's only Ohio State Buckeye nut here. My two we sons, just one, him. I have one son at Michigan State, the other one, yeah, who. Lives in Ann Arbor and loves Michigan. Right? Look at I all mean, the flags. Yeah. All the flags are going to be flying on porches, you know, this week, right? I mean, you don't see Ohio State flags during Michigan Ohio. Uh, you don't no. have to hear it from no. them. No, this one's more intense. Yeah. It just is. Yeah, it doesn't have the national cachet. It doesn't have all that sepia tone documentary romanticism <laughs> bullshit. <gasps> Great. Okay. Tad's going to have to edit that thanks. out. Romanticism uh, garbage. How about that? It's a parental warning. Thanks, Yeah, Sean. thanks a lot. Yeah. We would never. Look, we need to get back to L.A. because, you know. Are we going back? Yeah, we're going to go back to L.A. Okay. And what? You got some food you got, stuff. You, you, you got, got so many friends. You got, you got. We're literally going back or we're just in our minds we're going we're, back? In our minds we're going to okay. go back. We need to take a break uh, first before we wrap this up. You're going to make fun of me. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to. It's coming. I'm going to d- inform our <laughs> listeners that I don't know that you've ever actually lived in California. You know, so we'll, 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 we're going to do it when we get back. My name's Kerry Jr. The second. I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit Free Press, and now the host of Freep's new weekly podcast, On the Line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. 
I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts, and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Gross Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, uh, what do you want to talk about? Right? Uh, come on, man. You know what I want to talk about. What you, no, I, I really don't. You <laughs> want to talk about California. You want to talk about Los Angeles, your trip there. Yeah. You want to talk about your beloved Dodgers? Yeah. No, what I really want to talk about, Sean, is that... That I need to set up straight. You, you, you were a madman. You were driving... Everywhere and anywhere in California, you were out in Thousand Oaks, and you were. I that? was working. I was working. What you do you were, mean working? You, you were, were you were buddying up with Ashawn Robinson. Uh, and oh, Ashawn was great. Pester and Matt Stafford. Yeah, Stafford would uh, Matthews. Be, as you Sta- might call him. Sta- Stafford pretended he didn't know me, but Ashawn was my best. Oh, buddy. I wonder why. What a weird! If somebody had told me you're going to go to California, Stafford's going to blow you off, but Ashawn Robinson is going to be like this charming, sweet man. Like I would like, no, no, no. Yeah, but you never wrote anything about Ashawn Robinson. Yeah, I included him in my story about Stafford. So thanks for reading, by the way. No, I'm not talking about this last story, which I read. No, I'm he's Ashawn about... Robinson. I'm not writing a story. Exactly. About Robinson. But so you weren't you weren't trolling Ashawn Robinson for ten <laughs> years, like you were Matthew Stafford, and you were you expect. Right, that, but this is on. not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about that that you were a madman. You're driving everywhere, crashing people's parties, seeing old friends. Friends, uh, walking out on the boardwalk, uh, being recognized. Boardwalk pier, we call it a pier. The pier. And if you were from California, you'd know. Whatever that. the pier, the Santa Monica pier, showing people your column sig. Do you recognize holding it close to you so they can recognize <laughs> yeah, you? It. You were out there, Sean, among your people, among the glitzy. But the thing I really want to talk about is you talked a big game about food. First, you were going to take me to Philippe's. The original place of the French I went to dip, Philippe's. but I didn't go. You were yeah. going to take me. Yeah, you were. Busy. That didn't happen. You were, no, 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 no. no. I filed and then uh, no, I went. Yeah, I filed a story and then went over there. You, you were, were eating there. You, you were, were out in. Uh, I was in Thousand Oaks. Yeah, you were in Thousand Oaks. That's even past the valley. But then, by the way, you're not from California. Either. <laughs> Are you from Arizona or Nevada? I'm from California. Here's the problem with when you tell people, especially from LA. I'm from LA. There's the the people who aren't from California or LA. They think there's only two options if you're from LA. You have to be in the Swingers movie, or you have to be Brandon and Dylan and eating at the Peach Pit. That's it. That's all people from LA can be. They can't be from the suburbs where most of the people live. The Brady Bunch life. So you had this weird expectation. This like Hollywood version of what Carlos should be. See, that's another thing. Yet again, like the. The Elric and Fellhauer are like you're not the person you should be. It's a per, it's a perception thing, Sean. No, I'm not. I'm not saying you should be at all. I'm not saying what you should or shouldn't be. I'm yeah. saying you present yourself as a certain way. You kind of have this hip LA vibe going on. <laughs> yeah. When in fact you're from well, you know, it's not quite Bakersfield, <laughs> as you said, right? It's like Orange County. It's more like no, it, it is. It's Anaheim, man. <laughs> it's not LA. It's Anaheim. You're down there with the old Reagan uh, folks, aren't you? That's right. The, yeah, the, me and Ronnie. Yeah. Okay. So, but speaking of the hipster scene, and there's nothing wrong with Orange County, by the way. I'm a I'm a Mexican American who grew up in L.A. 
ate Mexican food my whole time, my whole life. And Sean wins or decides lasagna. You're gonna yes, but Sean says he's gonna show me real, authentic Mexican food. I'm gonna show you. You watch because and I didn't say authentic Mexican food. The best, the best taco you've ever had. All this stuff. Where did we end up going, Sean? It's some little. I gotta watch what I say here. (laughs) Just, um, I've got to. let me. How can I describe this place? I don't know. Hipster. Like, no, it wasn't even that hip. It was. It was kind of like an Applebee's with dark lighting. How about that? Yeah, it was a you hipster know what I mean? vibe too, though. Yeah. So we're here. You you pretended you were bringing me to the most authentic. I didn't Mexican place in L.A. No, I never said that. And we're here at a hipster joint. It's a, no, no, it's not even a hipster joint. It's just a step above Applebee's. It's a Gringos with a, <laughs> a little bit more. You know, they have real Mexican oregano here. And, Episode I assume, and, you know they do have hominy in the pasole. It was it was Tad's people. Tad, I wouldn't have been surprised to see cool people like no, Tad there. It was it was a it was sort of kind of an LA place with the with the outdoor patio. Everybody or every place, every restaurant in LA has a patio, right, with a heater in November and <laughs> December, and then there are vines that hang down and so forth. No, it wasn't even quite that. Again, it was it was like a Bennigan's or an Applebee's or some kind of chain like that. With a little darker lighting and Moby playing in the background, although I know Moby's 20 years old. Look, a Moby reference? Come on, man. You're going to let me get away with that? That's terrible. That's, you were watching basketball. That's, that's passe. Yeah, you were watching the clip. Was Just it Clippers? Just like this place was. You know, it was perfectly fine. The The vibe was fine. So on a five-star Yelp review, what, how many stars do you give Cinco? And, don't, and it can't be five. Two. Two. That, that's tough. Yeah, it is. Two. Okay, I'd give it a, two I'd give half. it two and a half. I'd give it a three just because the vibe. It's, it's, it's a little hipster, and the service is great. The waitress is really nice. The server is really nice. Yeah. So, it's, it's a good vibe. I would come here again just for the vibe, not for the food. So, I, a three. It was five minutes from LAX, and that was yeah. that was the key. Yeah, because you because we you were, were tired, all it was driving late. all around Koreatown and little whatever Saigon, and you were driving everywhere. So you got Dave and I were waiting for you at the Marriott for like two hours, and finally Sean rolls in at what like nine o'clock or something. Well, so. I told you earlier in the day because I didn't hear from you, which is if you know Carlos, you know he doesn't answer his oh. phone or return text. I don't know how many times I have to say this, Carlos. I, I, I call or text, and you don't respond, and I did. I've, I I fought like as I said, I filed my column. Uh, Michigan Northwestern column. It's you know I needed to fly all the way to LA to write that. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it was down downtown LA. It was a great, it was a, you know it's a great yeah, Dateline Koreatown. Yeah, yeah, well, the, yeah, exactly. Well, no, Koreatown's a little uh, west of there, but still, it's. Uh, I, I I reached out. I said, uh, you know, what are we going to do? I didn't hear back from you, and I was hungry. I needed to eat, so I went to Central Market, which is you know four or five blocks uh, downtown LA. Blocks are Huge blocks, yeah, right? Big blocks. Yeah, so that's uh, – anyway, I went over there, a little Thai place, and got something to eat I love, that I love – a little joint I love to eat at. And this fabulous old market, as you know, in, in, in Los Angeles has been there for, I don't know. Well, I don't, what's, what's, I don't think I've been there, what's, Sean. What's old in L.A.? 70 years? 80 years? Four years is old. Four years. Yeah, it's a yeah, historic landmark old. after four so, years. So uh, and it, when I f- we finally did connect, I explained to you that I'd eaten, and we probably were going to have to eat a little bit later. And you're like, okay, that's fine. So yeah. I knew that would be 8 o'clock at the earliest, right? I didn't know that. So yeah. then I took a – well, what time did you think that meant? I thought it meant like – yeah, seven thirty, maybe eight, and you you come strolling in at like nine. Then, no, I, no, it was about eight o'clock. I thought you were going to be out there ready to go. I had to come in. I had to park. 
at this huge monstrous hotel that you stayed at. I and only that, say it because of Dave. And and and, and, oh, and and that took some time. In any case, that's that's what happened. I took a tour of the city, and then I ran into a, a friend in Santa Monica, the little beach, not on the beach, but a little one-bedroom place, you know, old musician, and we kind of hung out for a little bit. But I got to you by <laughs> dinner time. I, I guess technically if it's still the same day, it's dinner time. What time do we sit down to eat, like 10? It wasn't quite that late, but it was uh, – no, because I had to come into the hotel, and then we went up to the room to get the credentials. Oh, right. Yeah, you're right. You there know, was a little bit of rigmarole. And then you made me wash your face off and all that. <laughs> that was, but then but then you promised me this is going to be the best Mexican, authentic Mexican I never said that at all. I never said that at all. I said, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to – if this place will be any good, but it's close. Yeah. And what happened That's when exactly we got there? That's exactly what I said. Oh, I was worried as soon as I saw it. You know? <laughs> Weren't you? <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't worried because you know L.A. restaurants can look like anything. No, and I, and I no no no. I it's more yeah. It's just it's certain things you look for. Yeah, and I also always look at the at the food on the tables. Yeah, it was and pretty you, dark. You it can, was hard to see. Yeah, you can tell a little bit, but I mean, it wasn't. It, there were a couple of things that were decent. Yeah, but and we ordered everything on the menu. It was like one of everything. But no, you're right. But there, there's obviously. I mean, there's food from all over the world in L.A. and it's one of the best food cities anywhere. And uh, we we did not end up in one of those places that helped build that reputation, <laughs> but and you're right, there are taco trucks and of all, and not only that, there's food from every region of Mexico, right? right. I mean, Mex- Mexico, as you, I'm, why am I telling you this? Here yeah. I am, white splaining. I guess <laughs> I don't know what you want what you want to call. It. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That lady that. was right on the plane. Yeah. Right. Right. But you don't. But I'm speaking to somebody who doesn't know where Oaxaca is, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> or or what kind of food that is? No, but I I, I felt bad, Carlos, because ahead, there's some there's some amazing food there, and, yeah. Uh, and that was not one of them. But we we were it was late. We were tired. Right? Yeah. It, it was. It. I appreciated the effort. It was. It was nice. It was a nice experience. It was good to have dinner with you. We've never done that before. I've never been on the road with you before. To eat? Yeah, yeah. you're right. Because in Chicago, you I don't know what happened again. You were you're gonna drive through every neighborhood in Chicago. And no, you, no, no. Me and Dave were Dave no, and I were on our own. You guys stayed downtown. I think it was out at the airport that trip, if I'm not mistaken. You probably had some friends in Chicago or old girlfriend no, or something. Uh, no, I don't see. Uh, I, I don't did, know. How I you did hang out with an old girlfriend in Seattle one time. <laughs> when uh, the, the we were out there for the Super Bowl. Well, no, no, no. Excuse me. The uh, Seahawks were in the Super Bowl. They were playing in Detroit, and we were out there for a while. And I had dinner. With her and then lunch with her. And, you know, she's friends with my wife and my mother always stayed in touch with her. And then about the third time, because I was out there almost two weeks, <laughs> my wife says, you know, I, that's probably enough. <laughs> for the marriage, that's it? That's yeah. enough for the marriage? Okay. That's probably We're done. We're that's, good. That's probably enough. But, yeah. Yeah. No, but I, you know what? I, I had fun being in California and having my own experience, which – which was fast food mostly. <laughs> um, it's going to be a really cheap date for the free press. All the, all the. I only well, ate one today. You ate the schnitzel. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel. Dur Wiener Schnitzel and some In and Out and Carl's Jr. and. You had a Carl's Jr. Yeah, yeah. I had an In and Out myself, and uh, and wrote a little bit about it because uh, Amon's Amon Ross St. Brown, right, rookie receiver from USC, <laughs> who grew up out there, right. Mm-hmm. In the L.A. area, and uh, he loved in and out He said, no, he was asked what would his last meal be. And he what, said, well, Dave you guys, asked him. Dave, Dave Burkett, 
the great day brigade. If you, what would your last meal be? You know, and he said, if you ever heard St. Brown said, have you ever heard of in and out? But then if you look at the rest of his answer, what else does he say? Well, he or ranked five him. guys or Shake Shack. Yes. In that order, he he ranked them. It was but it wasn't even really Shake a Shack. ranking. It was just kind of a yeah. Well, in his mind, I think or, you, if you or, name three, or, you assume. I it's, think you're projecting that that's where he was. Ranking. I will go ask him, and I guarantee you, like rank him. He'll go rank him that so way. So he's talking up in and out. And all of a sudden, he's talking about five guys in Shake Shack. Well, the secret to five, the, the secret to in and out is it's cheap. It, five guys in Shake Shack are expensive. You know, by fast food standards, and, and that's why there's always a line at In and Out, like out. 20 cars all the time around dinner time or lunchtime because it's I think I had a I had a I had a double double I had fries a double double with cheese drink no I'm lactose intolerant so but it but, but the, there's no milk in that cheese in and out no I'm not going to risk it but it was like it was $7 or $8 for that at five guys or shake shack it's like $20 so yeah, the food's good I think the food is very comparable but the cheapness is shake know, shack is my favorite burger of those three it's excellent. It really, it, it really is. I remember I was eating at a Shake Shack a couple of years ago, and you called me, and I sat in a parking lot and talked to you for an hour. I don't know why I remember that. This has nothing to do with the podcast. <laughs> Nobody gives a crap. But uh, that's what I think of when I think of when I think of Shake Shack. We don't need to get into to In and Out's fries and all that. We did that. We can't talk about In and Out every week, right? But it right. was funny that old Detroit Lions receiver said that that was the thing he'd enjoy most if he could only have one meal left on this earth. That is funny. It's You know, and I've said this, my, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but th- I do like, I, I love all kinds of food, but definitely the one I crave is the simple stuff, the burgers and the whatever, you know, something something that's not very complex. Um, maybe even like a fish taco or something like that, you know, not some big fancy whatever, you know, rack of lamb or. You had an opportunity to get the fish taco at the place we went to and you chose not to. Oh, because they were they were they charged more to make it right where you have to where it's breaded and fried. You own company money, man. I know, but it just seemed wrong. I didn't like being gouged that way. Two bucks Did more. You, was it that, or was it just you know? I didn't believe in it. I just I just I, they lost all. There was what did we get? We had the the chicken wings were okay, which are not Mexican, obviously, but um, and the little they were like pupusas, whatever, marmeladas, yeah, or something. Mamelas, mamelas. mamelas. The chicken wings were. Tossed and guajillo and some other chilies. Yeah, those were good. Tamarind as well. And tamarind. Yeah, they were they were good. But it's not not authentic, which is fine. But it it just. What does that mean? Not authentic. You mean you, so you go to Mexico and they're not going to play with anything? They're not going to. No. Yeah. I mean, no, not, they, it's not they, like a tradition. No, no, not not traditional. Let me put it that way. Not traditional. Okay. Right. Because authenticity is hard to define. Yeah, that, that's much trickier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, I think uh, I think we've spent the whole hour talking about. Well, we briefly talked about the rivalry game. We spent the rest of the hour talking about your beloved Los Angeles, yes. Southern California. How about that, S- SoCal? Do you like that better? I like I like LA SoCal. Yeah, it's SoCal ropes in San Diego though, which is really not part of the vibe. It's a whole different. But it doesn't ever thing. really stop. I mean, if you drive and drive and drive, it's. It's amazing how many people are out there. In any case, I'm glad it was nice to be out in your home area. Hometown. I'll say hometown. Hometown. How about that? Thank you. I appreciate that. Hometown. It's, yeah. It was nice to be out there with you. It was good to have dinner. We saw a competitive game in a beautiful stadium. We had some, uh, you know, some food that was not so good. We had a couple of burgers in and out that was good. So I'd say it was a success, right? 
Absolutely, and you saw you saw forty or fifty people and drove through every yeah, neighborhood. So, so we need to we need to yeah. we need to wrap this up. So, what was your favorite thing? Well, Sean, I was prepared to say that it was going to the Dodgers playoff game, game three, when Cody Bellinger hit a game tying home run in the eighth oh inning. God, and they the won baseball it. again. Yeah, I, I know, I know you hate baseball. I you love hate, baseball. You hate joy. I love baseball. My first game ever, playoff game ever at Dodger Stadium. By That's the way. awesome. That's a great experience for you. But what? But why not? Why not? Because something else happened uh, later in the week. And this was the day that you said I, I wouldn't get back to you, which is a complete lie. But on Saturday. What do you mean the day? It's every day. Uh, well, Saturday specifically. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. <laughs> who, who is this? New phone. Who dis? Um, no, but I so, – so I had lunch in Pasadena with an old, old friend. And um, Oh, so you met somebody out there too. Okay. I did. He, it was the one person I connected with. Oh, and my God. The thing that – it wasn't the food – you know, what happened was that we had sort of become estranged for the last four years over a friend's death, a mutual friend's death. Oh, they were over your columns. Yeah. No, it was worse than that. And it was hard. And I don't think we – neither one of us knew how to kind of bridge the gap. And, you know, you know, it wasn't any kind of open animosity or anything, but we just kind of lost touch. And being able to see him again – um, and reconnect with him was was really great. It was a nice, and I, I was on the fence of whether to do it or not, you know. And it was kind of it was a little bit of a hassle because where I was having to go to Pasadena you know, was like almost a two hour drive. And but I was really glad I did it. And um, I'm I'm more judicious about it than you are. You you will go see anybody anywhere. No, I I will make crater. a drive to go see somebody I care about. You said like, within four hours. You said if they're within four well, hours. Well, I have that number is shrinking as I get older. That was my mom's rule, but that number is shrinking as okay. I get older. But I will definitely make a, a drive to go see somebody I care about, and most people will. Yeah, and I won't. Um, it takes a lot for me to but do you it did. when I'm working. I you did. S- I you did. stepped out of your Carlos. Bubble. I did, and I was glad I did it. It was it was a great experience. See what so, happens yeah. when you start thinking about other people. Yeah, you you find joy yeah. and connectivity. Yeah, but I have to drive more, so I'm not sure I like it all the time. Well, you can so. put the put in this podcast <laughs> and bore yourself to death. <laughs> you'll be fine, right? All right. What was your favorite favorite thing? Uh, last week, my favorite thing this past week. Well, you know, I, I would say similar things. I mean, see, anytime I see friends out that I haven't seen in a while or anybody you kind of care about and love, that's 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 a great thing. But I enjoyed going out to dinner with you. That was fun. We've never been out on the road together. We've known each other for 15 years anyway, right? I don't think we've even traveled together before. We've Not traveled. Yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. yeah. You're right. So so that was uh, – I enjoyed that, you know. you Because you get to see a, a different side of somebody that you you see in a certain way all these years. And uh, and that was fun, even though I disappointed you immensely, and rightly so. <laughs> I was I was, I was so looking forward. Sean's going to show me what LA's about. Finally, I've been not waiting. what LA's about. I was just going to take you to really good tacos, <laughs> but uh, which I've had a lot of over the years out there. But yeah, so that was completely my fault. But the dinner itself was fine. It was. It was nice it to was hang fun. out. Yeah, I enjoyed that. You get to see a little bit more. We were actually talking about biographical information a little bit. Where you know, you know. Get, and we get, tried to get Dave get, to come get, out. Get and your wouldn't. timeline. Get your, you know, get your, your where, you, where you went to certain schools and when yeah. and the, the progression of your career. Stuff I know a little bit about from over the years, but it's different when you just in that kind of a setting. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was really nice to do it. So it, it, we, we, we checked that box. Yeah, so there we go. Anything else, Carlos, to add? I think we've uh, been talking for three or four hours already. I know Tad's crying already. I think it's uh, he can't listen anymore. It's, it's it's he's had enough. He's tapping out. 
considering no, his I, career choices. I like his haircut decisions. too. It, it probably he could probably hear better with the headphones snug up against the buzz cut, right? <laughs> well, he's not side. wearing. He usually wears a little hat or something. So that's true. It's uh, it's more like D- the DJ gonna, vibe. He's gonna when we when we wrap this up today before we <laughs> sh- record next week, he will give us some fashion tips, right? Help dress us a little bit better. One of Is us. One of us should get him. Yes. One of us should. Get I definitely. I definitely need him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you can be a, a walking billboard for Disney, and I'll uh, and I'll learn how to dress. In any case, uh, I think that's. I think that's it, Carlos. It's good to be back, right? It is. It's good to be back. In I was out for six days. It was a long trip. That was a long trip. I was only out there for four, but I'm. Yeah, it's good to be back. We got a big game this week, so we don't have to go on the road. We're just driving up to East Lansing. We have some people up there we care about too, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta leave now to get to the game in time, right? I know, so I know. It's gonna it's ninety six is gonna be hell. So we'll uh, we'll be back next week to talk about obviously the, the the big game and and some other stuff. Who knows? Maybe maybe a Lions win. Maybe maybe hockey could be. Hockey. Yeah, no, definitely hockey. hockey. Could be one and seven. Could be one and seven. Yeah, I think they're. I, I think they should win. Uh, yeah, it might be their first win. That'll that'll be that'll that'll be it will be huge. All right, uh for you, Carlos, for me, what's my name? Sean. Thanks Sean for uh Angeles. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for uh for listening to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Thanks for taking the time. If you like the show, please rate it or subscribe. You can find us wherever you can find your favorite podcasts at Apple, Spotify. Tad probably has some places out there for young hipsters. That uh, I don't even know about. Hey, you can find us on Facebook not right now, Ted. He's over there nodding yes, so I guess that means if he says yes, then we can do it. We want to thank Tad, of course, Tad Davis, our producer, who uh, who makes this show possible. We want to thank Kirkland Crawford, the sports editor, who's an executive producer. We want to thank Anjanette Delgado. And uh, and finally, thank uh, thanks to Peter Batia, the executive editor of the Free Press. We will uh, see y'all next week. Or, no, we'll hear y'all. No, you'll hear us. How, how can we say that? You Carlos? can see us. You can hear us. You can see us on Facebook. Yeah, okay. But hear us on Spot. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be a little more professional next week. Can we Can we make that promise? Let's do it. Okay. All right. See you then. It don't matter.